thank you for joining us on the Rose Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast or other resources, please visit rosechurch.org or follow us on social media at Rose Church PDX. words were daddy and ball. I mean, that's God. I don't know if I've ever, you know, that's, that's special times. But daddy and ball was, but then you start mine. Mine is one of the first words all kids learn how to say. Mine. My ball, my toy, my food, whatever. Mine. Mine. When it comes to kids, you start watching kids' development when they start, when they stop saying mine and learn how to share. Isn't it interesting, when you have like a three or four old, if you don't have kids, you, you will learn this. It, it's a sign when you start watching them going, share, you can play, I'll give you that, I'll take this toy. You automatically think, my, my, my son's growing up, my daughter's maturing. Isn't it fascinating that a sign of maturity is giving instead of keeping? Take out the Bible, God, just as a human ethic code, we know, oh, you're starting to give, you're growing up. You stop saying mine, you're starting to develop. Can I say, if we believe that of a five-year-old, how much more for a 35-year-old or a 25-year-old or a 65-year-old that a side of maturity is not saying mine, but saying share? Give, let go. I'm turning 32 here in uh, January 12th. Write it down, keep track. Um, January 12th, I'm, I'm, I'm turning 32. And in my older age, I've learned some things. I feel like I'm dying soon. Um, I've noticed that I am drawn to specific people. There's five traits. I started thinking this the other day. Like, because there's certain people, men and women, Christian, non-Christian, that I'm drawn to. Like a moth to a flame. Like, like I'm drawn to who they are. And I've noticed there are five attributes that all of these people have. All of them. Now, there's some more, but five at least that these people all have in common. Number one is they're all nice people. I'm drawn to nice human beings. And can I just submit to you, if you are a follower and claim the name and the grace of Jesus, you should be the nicest person in your job, in your family, saying thank you, I'm sorry, look someone in the eye. We just need some basic nice human beings around this place, okay? I'm drawn to nice people. Second, I'm drawn to hardworking people. People who just flat out work hard. Whether it's business, sports, marriage, relationships, money, church, entrepreneurship, freelancing, I don't care. I'm drawn to hardworking people. Third, I'm drawn to humble people. You know what's amazing about humble people is people that are big deals don't think they're big deals. It's refreshing. Like, you are big, like, oh, so I'm not, I actually believe it, not like false, no, stop, stop, I don't think it, no, stop, like, okay, we get it, man. Like, actually, humble people that don't think they're a big deal. Fourth, I'm drawn to people that have been through deep pain. It's hard for me to relate to people that have been through nothing. People that are humble, nice, hardworking, and have been through deep pain, and lastly, I'm drawn to generous people. I'm drawn to them. I want to be around them. I want to know why they're generous. I'm drawn to generous people. Do you know what has never happened in your life? Let's say, like, you're out in a group, whatever. Like, one guy's like, oh, 
John is coming again. Uh, guys, I just want to forewarn you, he's going to pay for everything. He's super encouraging. He's going to compliment all of you. He's super generous. Just prepare yourselves. It's going to get really annoying. <laughs> I apologize for Johnny. Even before he comes, just get yourself ready. He's generous. No. It's, oh, there's Johnny. Let's go find. You know what's hilarious? Is when I invite people to lunch, they never say no. Because they know I'm going to pay. They go, yeah, yeah, I can. Like they're leaving work when they're not supposed to. Yes, absolutely. I'll meet you there. And it's always the best when like, somebody like goes for their wallet, but like, they don't mean it. It's like, oh, I'll pay. No, oh, okay. Oh, that's great. Like, you didn't go in for that in the first place. I don't know why you even faked grabbing your wallet. But we are, John, I guarantee you are, if you think about it, you're drawing the generous people. Now, automatically, we think generosity equals money. Oh, that is the shallow way to think about generosity. I'm not talking about just generosity in money aspect. I'm talking about generosity as a person, as your persona, as your personality, as your disposition, as just who you are. I want to talk about the world of the generous. I love Proverbs 11. The world of the generous get larger and larger. And the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Shouldn't it be the opposite? Those who keep everything get more. I'm keeping it all, so I have more. Not in biblical way, not in kingdom mindset. It's those who are generous have more, and those who are stingy have less. I'm going to give you five thoughts today real quick from 2 Corinthians 8 about the world of the generous. Number one is generous people aren't seasonal, they're continual. 2 Corinthians 8 is amazing. It starts off with Paul saying, hey, what's up with the church of Macedonia? They were poor, going through deep trials, and they overflowed in joy, which led to rich generosity. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So biblical math is severe pain, poor, equals generosity and joy. Of all of the times that you could say, this isn't my season, it's the season when you don't have money and you're going through pain. That is the perfect time to go. I can't give right now. It's not my season. It's not my time. I'm going to sit this one out. I'll, I'll get ready for the next building. I'll do the next offering. I'll, I'll whatever. I'm, I'm going to sit this one out. It's not my season. Apparently not to the church of Macedonia. Every season is their season. Look at Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and verse 4. I love this verse. Farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. If they watch every cloud, they will never harvest. How many of us, that's our life, I'm just waiting, I just can't wait. What are you doing? Waiting for the right season, the right cloud. No, I'm ready. Oh, no, the cloud came. No, the sun's going away. No, the ground isn't ready. If you are always obsessed with the season, you will lose your generosity attitude. But the church of Macedonia goes, this isn't the right season. It's always the right season. Generous people aren't seasonal people. They're continual people. Now, amounts might change. Settings might change. I get that season of life. But their, their attitude and who they are I'm always generous. It's always my season to give. Understand this. I would just say this, as not, not leaders, not pastors, not team leads, not staff people. I would say the assignment of Christians, Jesus followers, is to be generous. And if you're not careful, you will let your season change your assignment. 
I know my assignment is to be generous, but it's not the right season. No, no, no. Your assignment dictates your season. Your season never dictates your assignment. Otherwise, you'll change all the, no, no, I'm always called to be generous. Like I said, it could be less amount, different season, different time. I get it. But we're not seasonal givers. We're continual givers. And I love Ecclesiastes 11. The farmer who waits for perfect weather never plants. Guys, ask you today, what are you waiting for? Because something else is going to come. No, no, no. Once I get married, I'm going to start doing this. You get married? No, no. Once we have a first kid, I'll start doing that. Once I get my raise? Yep, yep. Once I sell this one? And then before you know it, you always have once I. You always have a, an if, a once this happens. And then it starts getting even deeper than that. Well, I'll be happy once I. I'll be content once I. I'll be, I'll be nicer once I. Now, once again, I'm not talking about cheap generosity just in giving. I mean, why are you, why are you slow to be generous with your words? Slow to be generous with your time. Slow to be generous with compliments. Let's even go to your business, to your, to your line of work. Slow to give um, compliments away. No, that was her idea. That this was all her idea. It was like half of your idea. Well, you're quick to be generous, quick to give away, quick to give away compliments, quick to give away a, a, a recognition, just quick to walk. Because it's always my season. I'm not waiting for the right cloud and the right day and the right rain and the right ground. No, it's always my season to be generous because I am a generous person and it's my assignment, not my season. Number two, the world is generous. Number two, generous people don't need to be begged. They beg to be involved. This is crazy. Who are these people? They're going through pain. And by the way, real pain. Not like you're mad at so-and-so because they ate your lunch during work hours. Like, not like you went to go buy that sweater and your size was gone. Like, like their spouses are being killed because they love Jesus. Like, their businesses are getting destroyed because they love Jesus. Families are being torn apart because they love Jesus. Like, trials and affliction for real. And they have no money. And look at 2 Corinthians 8. Let's put the first, first uh, four or five verses up. Look at what they say right here. And they did it on their own free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing. They begged. I know we're going through pain. I know we don't have a lot. But we are begging you. Let us give in this offering. Can I just ask you today, how much more convincing do you need God to do for you to come in? I'm, I'm almost there. Two more sermons. Give me two more good ones. Worship's pretty good. Hit that note, and I might lift a hand. I'm telling you right now, Heob, one more note, and you might get full hands, Heob. I'm telling you right now. I like the serving team. Two more good experiences. I might sign up to serve. You know what? My boss gives me one more raise. I might talk well about him. I might stop doing the whole cooler thing for a while. You could have all these like, well, a little more. Not these people. They begged them. The Bible says again and again, not just once. We're begging you. Let us give. No, this is a good time to sit out. We will never sit out because it's not a seasonal thing. It's a continual thing. We're generous people. So I know we're going through stuff, but we are still who we are. We were sent from church home in Seattle, Washington. 19 months ago when we started our church, Pastor Judy and Chelsea Smith, who are our pastors, one of my best friends, did our wedding, known the majority of my life. The eldership that, that church sent us down here to plant. 
still are covering church. If anything would ever happen to me and Julia, they would step in and, and lead the church and, and do what's necessary. Like that's our covering church. They are the most generous people I've ever met in my life. I am Scrooge compared to that, those people. <laughs> I, and I think I'm a generous person. I am Scrooge compared to Judah and Chelsea Smith. When we left, they paid for our salary for two years. They gave us money to buy equipment with. Like they have over and over and over again blessed us financially. Uh, Pastor Judith found out that we're, not found out, I told him that we were doing the building. He's like, oh, we're going to give. I was like, no, you're not. I was like, yeah, we are. I was like, I will send it back. He's like, well, wire it. I was like, I'll cancel our account and get a new one. You can't wire it. I got, you're not. He's like, yeah, we are. I, I changed the subject. Oh, how's the kids and how's LA? And I just like, you know, hard left turn. About a week later, the CFO texts me. I was like, hey, just had a board meeting. You know, we're so privileged to, you know, send you $50,000 towards your building. We think you guys are amazing. You know, whatever. And I was like, no, you're not. Like, send it back. <laughs> then I get a phone call from one of their elders. And this is his wording. Thank you for the honor of allowing us to give into you. And I'm like, who are you? What do you mean? No, it's my Like, No, no, we are so thankful that you allowed us the honor of giving money toward your church and your team. And Thank you so much. That is the world of the generous. They are always begging to be involved. Let me serve one more time. Let me give a little more. Let me come early. Let me stay late. I don't need to be begged. I'm begging to be involved. Notice that generous people aren't neutral. It's not I don't want to be in, I don't want to be out, I'm neutral, sway me. It's no, I'm not, I'm begging to be involved. I don't need to be begged. Generous people, Isaiah says, scheme ways to be more generous. When was the last time you schemed ways? We could cancel Hulu. We could stop going out so much. We could drink less coffee. I just offended half of you. You guys, I was in until that point, Pastor. I am out. Right? Shop a little less. Fill in the blank. Why? Because I'm scheming ways. I'm finding ways in my budget. I'm finding ways with extra money. Instead of when I get bonuses or, or tax receipts or whatever it is, my first response isn't what can I buy. It's what can I give? What can I sow? Who can I give this to? Who can I bless? Why? Because the world of the generous get larger and larger, and I want to be begging, let me be involved. Number three, generous people have first given themselves to Jesus, and this other giving is easy. Now, this explains it. The answer is given to us in the next verse. Look at uh, uh, first, Second Corinthians 8. Uh, nope, back. Yeah, right there. They even did more than we had hoped. Here it explains why they're so generous. For their first action was to give themselves to the Lord. It explains it right there. Why are you so quick to give? Because we've already done the first giving. This other giving is so easy. Why? Because we've already done the first giving. Can I just be real honest as your pastor or like a dude on stage that you're listening to? Um, do you know why it's hard for people to do the other giving? Because they haven't truly done the first giving. It's, a, it's just a fact. When you have the other giving that's so difficult, you should question, have I done the first giving? Because if God is good enough to trust it with my eternal state, he's good enough to trust with my wallet, with my words, with my marriage, with my kids, with everything. Why? This other giving is so easy. Why are you so quick to give financially? I've given him everything. What do you mean this is difficult? The first giving was difficult. To trust him with my future, 
with my soul, my marriage, my kids, my finance. This first giving was hard. The other, other giving, so much easier. Paul explains it to us why they were so quick to give. Because they already first gave themselves to Jesus. Have you done the first giving? And I don't mean like you just don't want to go to hell if it's real giving. I think often we can treat Jesus just like a monopoly, like get out of jail free card. Like, ah, just, if it's real, I don't want to go, so I choose Jesus. Yeah, that, that's not really how it works. He's kind of like Lord of all or not Lord at all. There's kind of like no, like, in between. He kind of like takes over, and it's like really, really frustrating. And God's super annoying because, like, when you say he's Lord, he kind of acts like it. It's super annoying. He's like, oh, you, you, but you, you prayed the prayer. You told me I was Lord, so I'm kind of like acting like the Lord of the land. Well, no, no, you're Lord of that side. You're Lord of, no, no, I'll keep this. You keep that. Let's co-pilot this thing. I love those bumper stickers. Jesus is my co-pilot. Friend, he's not your co-pilot. He is the pilot. Just sit down, buckle up, and say amen. Like, it's not really this like, all right, Jesus, Monday through Thursday, me. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you. Let's team lead this thing. It's like, I did the first giving. What else do you want? Money? Okay. Because I've already done the first giving. So the other giving is so much easier. But it's hard when you haven't done the first giving. The other giving is very difficult. But the world is generous. So easy to give. I've already given everything else. Tip number four, fourth observation. Generous people finish what they started. I love it. It's so practical. Isn't it so practical? The Bible isn't for me. You should read it more often. Paul says, remember a year ago, you were super ready to give and you haven't done it yet? So I'm going to send Titus to encourage you to finish what you wanted to do in the first place. How many Sundays do we leave this room having our checklist? I'm going to do this. I'm going to join the care group. I'm going to do it. By Tuesday, I got it. Never mind. I'm going to start serving. This is my weekend. By Wednesday, mm, I don't know. Busy. Well, we have desires in this room. But do desires lead into discipline, which lead into decisions, which lead into follow-through? So Paul says, hey, you had a big desire a year ago. All the eagerness was there, but it faded. You should finish what you started. With the same eagerness from a year ago, you should continue with it now. Maybe you're like, you know, you know Vision Sunday. You're like, I'm in. I can't wait to commit. And now you're like, I don't know. I'm a little out. Some financial things came up. I want to go on a vacation. I got to pay some school things off. I wanted this. I had to pay for that. Or my car broke down. Many, many things I could fill in that blank. But where was your eagerness seven weeks ago? And now that we're getting to commit Sunday and give Sunday, you're like, man, I don't know. And I would think the same heart that Paul said to the church of Corinth, he would say to you, you should finish what you started. Because generous people are quick to finish what they started. Last, and this is where I want to end. This is, this is amazing. I never really saw this before. Generous people encourage the generosity in others. Now, let's give this verse context. He's writing to a church in Corinth, a church, a body of people. And he's comparing them to another church. I thought comparison was wrong. Apparently not. In this context. He goes, hey, do you know the church of Macedonia? He goes, I'm not, what did Paul say? We can read it again, we just don't have time. He goes, I'm not commanding you do this. All I'm doing is comparing how genuine your love is compared to theirs. 
Because the church of Macedonia, we read it all, going through stuff, want to give, all that. And he goes, be like the church of Macedonia. Can I just simply ask you today, could Jesus take your life and go be like them? Hey, other Christians, be like that couple. Be like that marriage. Give like them. Talk like them. Live like them. Give like them. Talk like them. Hey, hey, you know what the church of Macedonia, Corinth, uh, Corinth church, be like them. Now, some of you are like, I'm supposed to compare my life? Listen to me. You are not supposed to compare harvest, but you should compare hustle. Do not compare harvest. That's on God. Starting points were different. Upbringing were different. It's not even fair to compare harvest, but it is fair to compare hustle. And that's what he's saying. They're more genuine. They're more eager. They're more faithful. You should compare your genuine love against theirs. And I hope that in my life, in your life, in our church, that God can go, be like them. Be like them. Give like them. Sow like them. Be like the Macedonians. Say, Church of Corinth. Do you see the Macedonian church? We should be like them. And I was really just felt when I was reading that verse, like, am I the Macedonians or am I the Corinths? Which side am I on? Could God look at my life and go, hey, you should, that's a good example. I hope so. I hope so in our church. We have seven values that, that govern our team decision making. One of them is generosity. What's this? Like? Right, is this like a, a money talk? Let's be generous financially. That's a shallow end of generosity. Some I said in the first service. Some people are so poor, all they have is money. Please do not confuse this talk about just money. Stop. There is deeper generosity than the, than the wallet you have. It's generous of words, your soul, your attitude, your home, your eye contact. Like just being a generous person. Yeah, money has to do with some of it. Oh, but it is. Generosity is so much deeper than money. One pastor said, Gener uh, tithing is the training wheels of giving. Like, that's stop. Like, generosity is so much to do with money. I want to be a generous person. I want our church to be known as those people are generous. Hey, did you hire one of those Rose Church people? They're going to try to pay. Just watch out. Did you hire one of those Rose Church people? Hey, they're going to be the best workers you could ever have. You hire a roasters person, watch them go above and beyond in their work ethic, their emotions, their attitude. Though you, you hired a roasters person, what, you just hired a generous human being. Why? Because I want to be a part of the, the world of the generous. Why? Because it gets larger and larger. If you feel like you're living a small life today, and you want to live a bigger life, be generous. And watch your boss, your neighbors, and your friends, like a moth to a flame, start coming to you. Why? Because we are drawn to generous people. And if to a five-year-old, the sign of maturity is stop saying mine, how much more to a 40-year-old? It's not mine. I'm here to share again. Can we stay to our feet today? We're going to worship. We're going to sing.